You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapassi, and alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gillieri. Paul, sometimes you have to spin on a dime. You do. Things you change. Have you have to adjust. Game time. Audibles. What, what are they? What is it? What is Audibles. Do? Yeah, exactly. Hot route, you, Omaha. You, hot route. You, you see that edge rusher coming along, and uh, you realize I don't have uh, I don't have anybody block this guy. What am I going to do? Got to pick him we're up. We're gonna we're gonna throw a call out here over the pond. Is what we're gonna do for help. There's a lot of metaphors there. There are, and <laughs> all that all that is to say is we we teased it, we promoted it, we said hey. Second fan roundtable. It's going to happen. Our British friends. Can we call you British, Colin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We, we are, as things stand, we are still British. Um, Scottish but, first and foremost. But, but um, you guys are still using the euro, right? No, we, we've always been the pound. Oh, you're we, still with we, the pound. Okay. We never, we never ever entered into the euro. That was sticking with the, anyways, geopolitical <laughs> politics, who might I say? Um, <laughs> If his accent couldn't give it away, that, that, that's Colin from um, Pearl Jam Scotland. And we were going to do a UK fan roundtable. The stars apparently did not align for us this morning, this morning here in Los Angeles, the early evening for Colin, as evidenced by the fact that I'm drinking coffee and he's got uh, some bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> he, 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 now I, as we all know, I am a Scotchman. I am, but, but I, I do have a question for you because you're, you're a bourbon guy. Yep. And, uh, an avid fan of of uh, Tennessee whiskey, and you had mentioned before the show yep. that you would love to take your wife to go see Graceland, big Elvis guy, and visit the Jack Daniels Distillery, which Jason pointed out is actually in a dry county. Uh, there is a, a, a Scotch called um, Du O'Kirkintilloch, and it's uh, it's a blended Scotch that was popular before Prohibition. So at the time when importing began, re- importing began again in the 1940s, they chose this name as an inside joke to refer to the town in which you live, Kirkintilloch, which was dry at the time. Is it that still dry, dry now? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very much uh, drowning now. Dry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a dry tune, as, as uh, we would call it, uh, for, for many years. Um, and there's uh, all the towns round about Kirk and Tillich have like they're, they're smaller towns, but they've got lots of pubs, and that's yeah. because everybody had to go from Kirk and Tillich to another town to drink. Um, Fascinating, so, yeah. But uh, history I, there. I, I love Scottish history. I, uh, my wife and I went there on a honeymoon. I'm not going to bore the listeners with all the details, but uh, bore us, I, I bore cannot. Us. I, I cannot wait to go back. I have a great affinity for, for Scotland and it's, it's fine people. I've not well, been, and I, I, I really want to go because A, it looks gorgeous. It is two, uh, scotch, duh, and three, golf. I play a little golf, man. I want to get out to the, uh, the, the origins. I played Turnberry, actually. Did you really? I visited there. Yeah, it's, you, it's, on, it's right golf? off the coast. I do, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm more of a hacker than a golfer. Yeah, you never told me to play golf. I, I sw- swing the links a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm learning so much in this show, Colin. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But, um, my own partner here. The, the only thing about Turnberry now is it's Trump Turnberry. So. I know. Oh, I know. God, is it really? <laughs> Son of a yeah. basketball. Yeah. All right. But See, Andrews, done, it is. You know, he's done wonders for it, certainly, you know, for the area. And, you know, um, he's done a few. I uh, think there's another course that he'd... Uh, Invested in up north, which caused a bit of a rumpus as well. Was it the one with the uh, with the windmills of the of the thing he wanted the windmills going? Yeah, I was yeah. wanting them gone, but the where they'd put some of the holes that was like uh, protected land and things like that. And oh, he doesn't care about that. No, no. no. But um, ah, less less said about him, the better. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so Colin, I'm curious. There, there are um, two Facebook groups. I'm curious if, if you remember if either one of them. One is called yep. Pearl, Pearl Jam Scotland, and the other one right. is called Sounds of Seattle, set up by yes. Scottish fans. Are, are, are you members of either of those uh, fan pages? They're fundraising yes. fan groups. You are? Yeah, well, I, I am the, the founding member ah. of uh, Pearl Jam Scotland. What a segue. Um, and the sounds of seattle group is the group of the page um so it was originally called pearl jam alba um and i started that on my own and uh two three years back i met up with uh, martin higgins and we decided to join forces in our uh, fundraising efforts and renamed it pearl jam scotland so um and it's went from strength to strength since. So wow. And so when, when you fundraise, where, where are we allocating these resources? It all goes to Diabetes UK. Um, my son is type 1 diabetic. And uh, the first year uh, that I'd done any fundraising, he wasn't diabetic. Um, I put on a thing called PJCon. So like Comic-Con and could just get fed up uh, waiting on the band coming to mm. back, coming back to Scotland, and I thought, well, I'll put something on for the Scottish fans. You know, get a, a tribute act in. Um, we done that in two thousand and fourteen. That was the first PJ Con, um, and I broke even. Uh, so, uh, all right, not, uh, whatever I made was going to go to the Vitology Foundation, um, but we never made anything. And then in the year in between, Lewis was diagnosed as type one. Um, and I just decided any profits there forward would, would go to diabetes charities. Wow. Um, so, well, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, for, for those listening, and, and Jason and I will make sure that our uh, podcast account follows you here. It's at S-O-S-S-C-O-T-S. Yes. Pearl Jam That's Scotland it. fundraising fan group. So definitely give them a follow on Twitter and uh, on Instagram. You can find them as well, I assume. Yes. S S. S O S S C O T. Yeah. It's S O S Scots. Yeah. There you go. Love it. PJ Scotland fundraising group. Yeah. And we're on, we're on Facebook as well. If, if you want to check it out there. Um, and I just started a TikTok the other day. Shut up. You did? I did. I finally caved and, uh, Went went for that. So uh, I, I love a unicorn in the logo that you have. Here. The unicorn army is descending on London very soon. Posted an hour ago. Hyde Park, yeah. baby. Oh, Hyde Park. Yep, yeah. uh, a long time coming. Uh, as you know, as you know, it should have happened a couple of years ago. But there was oh a, god, yeah, something something got in the way of that. You know. But. Well, talk to me about this, <laughs> Colin. So you know, you not only are you the founding member of of these two organizations, uh, these groups. But you're also a singer in a tribute band called Lost Dogs. Um, yes. How long ago did that start? That started in, well, when would that have been? 2018. We'd we done our, our first appearance, which was at one of the PJCon events. And that was meant to be just a kind of one-off. Um, but the, the band that I was in at the time and the Pearl Jam tribute band uh, that you know, played at the PJ cons that they, they, both those bands came to an end and the guys said, well, look, you know, we had a good time uh, doing the, the set that we did at PJ con. Why don't we continue that? So I was like, Oh, excellent. A Pearl Jam tribute, but because they'd already done it, um, they decided that they just wanted to mix it up and, and cover everything from the, the grunge era, Seattle sounds and the kind of associated uh, 90s stuff and uh, it's it's went great um, we are now kind of well trying to re re uh, reestablish our, our name because we've been you know off the, the circuit for for two years but the the last gigs that we've done in 2019 we, we sold out uh, the venues like 200 plus venues that no we kidding were, uh, so uh, 200 people plus venue, you know, uh, so, but we're, we're now back, you know, kind of half filling them, but you know, the, a lot of the places have been affected badly by COVID plus wow. they're, they're just saying that, you know, people aren't as willing to come out to, to gigs and, you know, or they're, they're not buying tickets as much. They'll, they'll just kind of appear on the night, you know, in case they end up unwell. And some people, they said, like, the regulars haven't come back. They just don't have the, you know, they, they've not readjusted to, to get into big crowds and things like that. 
So. Well, I have to tell you, we uh, were very fortunate, Jason and I, with this podcast to have met uh, a, a good handful of Pearl Jam cover bands, outstanding musicians. We have uh, well, some really great relationships with a few of them. Um, we did a few, we actually did a podcast a while back where we invited different, we had a series, Pearl Jam cover band series, and we had okay. different bands on. So I think uh, we might have to, to, to maybe do a, a part D of these and, uh, and bring you in as get well. Get a lot of you on. Yeah, get the whole lot of you on a little round table of, of, of cover bands, get some reps from everybody. But here's a question for you, a little, little treat for our listeners. If I posted a small set of lyrics, would mm-hmm. you consider singing them on air with us right now? Oh, I probably could, yeah. Okay, let's, let's see. Here, here <laughs> we go. Oh, what are you choose? This I, is I'm, I'm going to make it easy. Okay, easy. By the way, guys, this entire podcast is jazz. Yeah, exactly. we're, just, we're just making this up. <laughs> All right, Colin. So if you look in the, the, the chat there, you should see right. a, a verse. Okay. And if, if you're comfortable with that one, let her rip. Waiting, watching the clock. It's four o'clock. It's got to stop. Tell him, take no more. She practices her speech as he opens the door. She rolls over, pretends to sleep as he looks her over. Outstanding. Thank you, sir. And just as you did that, we got Martin come on. Martin, how's it going? Yeah, great, thanks. I I was on earlier, a little bit early, so I'd be five to five. um, And then I thought, oh, I'll just check. And then I Googled GMT and thought, oh, I'm an hour early. Um, <laughs> and then, so I, I thought it was actually yeah, but anyway. So yeah, apologies, apologies for being a bit late. So it's, so it's okay, Martin. You're from Bristol, yes. And we, uh, I guess that maybe that's my fault then, because maybe I just assumed that Scotland was on the same time as as England. <laughs> it uh, is GMT. No, we are. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So then <laughs> it's entirely my fault. Yeah. Okay. No, no. So entirely my fault. <laughs> but I was but I I was on and it was saying the host will let you in the meeting and, and and then nobody did and I thought, ah, it's my fault, I'm too early. But if I'd have just stuck it out for a minute or two, I'd have been all right. Literally. I was on at like yeah. 57, 58. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Well, it, it's funny that you're here because we thought we had to take a detour with Colin and we figured we would postpone the fan forum. For another week, but now that we have you on, it, it, you know what? We're going to pivot again, Jason. Hot gonna, route, Omaha. Hot route, Omaha. <laughs> so uh, let's do some some quick introductions here. Okay, yeah. we have Colin Roger and uh, our Scottish friend who's been regaling us with uh, these these the beautiful sounds of Pearl Jam's Better Man. And uh, now we also have Martin Paul from Bristol, who's just joined us as well. But both of you gentlemen are, are fans from the very early 90s of Pearl Jam, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, Martin, since you're on with us here, uh, how did you get introduced to Pearl Jam? In our notes here, I see that you, uh, you had a, a brother that might have played an influence here. Yeah, yeah. So my older brother, Jamie, um, he's three years older. So 91, I'd have been 16. He'd have been 18, 19. We shared a room. Um, and it was as simple as that. He had he had the 10 album. Um, and just remember, there's a few things that I remember clearly, even though we are talking obviously 30 plus years ago now, but just the little things like when you're playing it, when you go to sleep. And then mm-hmm. for the master slave right at the end. Yeah. And you know, that whole thing from an early age of, I know it's not a hidden track, but at the time it's like, it's, it's not on the track list. And so what's that, what's that music and, you know, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, he played a massive part in 10 and then I was, yeah, often, often running from there. I can still remember vividly where I was when I first bought verses on a cassette tape, put the cassette in the car outside. What, you know, we would call a, you know, a, a convenience store, I guess, is the best way for everyone to understand it. Um, and again, just being taken aback by the guitar and the drums, obviously that little kind of, again, whatever you call it, the interlude before it goes into the start of the album um, and just being blown away from it. Yeah. And then on from there, really. It, you know, you, you had the, um, the fortunate 
um, situation of being forced by the old, yeah. when you, you, and you're in the same bedroom, you don't have a choice. You know, you're, it's no. like, it's like in a, in a locker room, right? You know, the captain gets to choose the music if they want to, or they, they get to kind of yeah. leave wherever they want out of the locker room. The older sibling gets to choose what's going on in that room. And so yeah. you just happen to be at the right place at the right time, I guess. Yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah, so, definitely so. Yeah. So Martin, you've, you've seen the band four times, Colin, you've yes. seen the band eight times. You are yep. each about to see the band again in a week at Hyde Park. Yes. Yeah, both days uh, for me. I don't, I don't know about you, Colin. Uh, just, just the Saturday for me. Um, yeah. My, my, my friend that was coming down with me didn't didn't fancy the two nights. So, um, <laughs> no. So, no. <laughs> so this has been, um, yeah, th this has been a, I wouldn't say a lifelong pursuit because obviously it isn't until you kind of get middling years in that you think and you notice what the set list's like. So mm -hmm. then it becomes a thing to try and watch back-to-back -back gigs because, and I know the set list is shorter now, kind of post-COVID, and it's a big topic of conversation. But before then, it was, well, they're going to play thirty songs every night, and if you go to two <laughs> nights in a, if you go to two nights in a row, you'll see fifty individual songs out of the sixty. They might play a couple both nights, um, and then I'd had a couple of close kind of calls, Manchester. So I've gone back through kind of what my set list and stuff were. So <laughs> Manchester, they played. A true nerd. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because of following you guys and listening to in live footsteps and going, oh shit, I need to like actually <laughs> see what I've seen. You know, so they played two consecutive nights up in Manchester when I, in 2012 and I only went to one. They played, they were scheduled to play two consecutive nights at the O2 in 2018, but right. Eddie's voice went on night one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and couldn't play night two. And then obviously this is the next time they've been in Europe, you know, obviously postponed a few times with COVID and stuff, but mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm just hoping that it's more of a Pearl Jam show than a festival show, even though it's a Hyde Park. It's sure. we're hoping that it's, sure, it's more yeah. of a, yeah, a band set list than a, than a festival set. List. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think, I think as they are, they are the, the show. So yeah, I hope, I hope, yeah. hope you're right with that one. You, you yeah. guys have seen him a good number of times. I'm curious, what is your favorite live memory of Pearl Jam? Oh, um, Christ. Go on, Colin. <laughs> my, mines would be uh, present, ten <laughs> present Tense at Glasgow, 2000. First time seeing them. Um, my favorite album is No Code. Um, and my favorite song is Present Tense. Um, the minute I heard that song, it just, you know, became a, a kind of coda for me, you know. Um, and hearing that was was special. Um, so yeah, that that would be my favourite live live moment. Yeah. Um, wow. I guess mine would be. I've seen. Um, I'm just going back through it now. But I was lucky enough. I saw Bushliga. Um, Hold on one second. Parish. Yeah. There you go, Colin. You hear that? No, we don't hear it. You don't guys hear that? Yeah. No, I can see it. I can see it. It'll be playing through your headphones. This is what we call a live podcast. I'm going to fix this. Hold on. Share screen options. I really want you guys to hear this. I was going to share. Oh, here we go. I'm a dope. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm sure we hear Colin in the background. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Yep. That high pitched falsetto in the background, that's you, right, Colin? <laughs> this this was yeah. this was it, Colin. <laughs> yep. Glasgow. I'm sure you own this at home. Yep, first bootleg I bought. Oh my god. Nice. So Martin, tell me yours then. Oh. So I can pull it up here. Well you know what? Um slightly off kilter, my favorite live memory as bizarre as this will be, is actually the recording of um, the Atlanta, Georgia one. So obviously when it, when it went out over the radio. So live I've seen, I've seen Bush League, I managed to yep. see Hitchhiker. Mm -hmm. Hitchhiker oh, really? obviously up in, yeah, in the Manchester show. Um, so I've seen one or two of the more rarer songs, but the whole thing of it being... There you go. 1990, yeah, 1994. And, and so just bootleg CDs were just coming out and so you know you can you, you guys are probably the same but the whole thing of you know 
I guess the radio are broadcasting this now so we can quit fucking around. No, they yeah. are still broadcasting it. Fuck it, we're going to fuck around anyway. <laughs> and then he goes, and it, so like, so what's that? That's my maths. 28 years ago and you can reel it all off almost like what Eddie said, word for word. Yeah. Um, and then he did, d- describes the band, Rock for Choice t-shirt, put on, you know, X amount of pounds, Black Francis ain't got nothing on me. That whole <laughs> thing of, a friend of mine recording it, like stayed up, whatever it was to record it, yeah. the time difference, and then getting the cassette for the first time here in Rearview Mirror. I've still got that. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> see? Yeah. And I then, came home, actually came home for the pub and, and stuck it on and, and then listened to it and fell yeah. asleep half, halfway because <laughs> I was drunk. Yeah. But yeah. I managed <laughs> I napped just like a micro nap, and but I had to change the tape over like for for the rest of it. Yeah, because how of annoying it. was that having to change the tape? Oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah then, I don't uh, think I, uh, I, we put vinyl on now. You got to get up and flip the record. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, I'm back in the yeah, I'm back in the whole vinyl front. But then and then from there you get into trying to find the bootleg CDs. Yeah, yeah. So I got one. I can't remember what it was called. I, I have the Bristol one from the nineties. It's the audience recording. He was wearing the really? green army jacket in that show. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a, but, it's um, a, we, we have a music yeah. store here. It's a used music store. It's called Amoeba yeah. Music here in LA. And I, I would go in there and I'd spend like 20 bucks on these import bootleg CDs. And uh, they're usually, there was like an Italian company that would basically package it and it have, it have cover art from the show. And I had the Bristol CD, but it was always like, if you were lucky, you'd get like a soundboard recording. Most of the time yeah. you spent 20 bucks and it, it's it, nice packaging. You put the CD in and it was like a C it's, or yeah. B minus level audience recording. You're like, yeah. oh man. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Um, oh, that was what it was called. It was, it was called the Mookie Blakelock Sessions was the first one I bought. And it had, mm-hmm. um, it had Breath, State mm-hmm. of Love and Trust. Yep. I had, it, it's, and it's, just, it's it got just a white girl. cover on it. I have that. Yeah, one too. just a girl. Yep. And it's and it's kind of like, so again, pre-internet, you're like, that's not that's not Pearl Jam. That's another band. That's a different <laughs> band that they've that they've chucked obviously some songs on just to pad out the CD a little bit. And then obviously it isn't until it kind of breaks and, and you get all you know the um the single soundtrack and all of the other stuff and you start then hearing that they play it live and you think, oh Christ, yeah, it was them. Yeah. But just yeah. but it wasn't you, you caught up, didn't you? You had to wait for the magazines to come out. Or over here, yeah. obviously we did with the stuff in the in the States when they're playing, or you know, and then you've got to wait to the following month for the next magazine to come out <laughs> to then read it to catch up on all of the stuff that had gone on. We are a generation just... of patience, Martin. A generation of patience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, do you guys have a favorite band member or, or one you have a particular great affinity for? And if so, uh, who and why? <sighs> Uh, you you can plead the fifth on this one. No, I, I would say that you know they they are the sum of the parts. You know, the, yeah. It, being a singer, yeah, Eddie, you know, gravitate towards him. But overall, you know, the, they're a band. They're a package. You, you, yeah. you, know, you can't imagine them without any one of them. No, you know? no. It's, so the two, the two I would go for is is obviously Eddie. Um, and even more so now, going back to the the MTV Unplugged thing with obviously the pro-choice and the stuff that's going on at the minute, obviously, yeah. in the States. And don't get me wrong, we, we're going to be five years behind you, as we always are, because, you know, Boris Johnson's a mini-Trump and it's the same people with the money that's behind it and all the rest of it. But mm-hmm. and, I, and obviously, I've got two daughters now, so, Oof. you know, and, and you're kind of going, so, so even him being an advocate for not just female rights, but just fairness or what, mm-hmm. what people would like to see is fairness or transparency. Um, and the other one would be, the other one would be Jack Hines for yeah. the basis oh. that I think, and again, I've listened, I've heard you guys and the, the different stuff a million times because I listen, I listen to the podcast when I'm out walking the dog. You know, without Jack Hines, there is no Pearl Jam. Not Agreed. now. So, so there was, and then obviously, you know, the fracturedness and obviously Dave A go in and probably Eddie bringing his mate in. And someone that's a little bit calmer or a little bit more chilled out, and yeah. you know, so it might only have been a couple of years that he, you know, was the drummer as such. But that probably kept them on the straight and narrow to then be still playing now. Otherwise, it would have been split yeah. up around, you know, whatever. Uh, no, 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 co- would have, yeah, we, you're absolutely yeah. right. We we did a what if actually segment <laughs> yeah. where we talked about what what if Jack didn't play with the band. Yeah, for sure. Great point. Yeah. 
Yeah, if they'd have had someone else instead of him, yeah. Uh, sorry, I want, I want to go backwards a little bit, yeah. Con. I, I, we didn't get the origin story for you. You know, Martin's talking about being stuck in a room with his older brother, being forced <laughs> to listen to it. How did you get into the band? Um, totally by accident. Um, I Big Madonna um, fan at the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a big rap and hip-hop fan, still am. Um, yeah. And all I would listen to was, you know, rap and hip-hop. Um, a friend who was a Hip hop fan decided that he, he he took a you know right turn and got into Alice Cooper and hey. you know the kind of Kiss and a lot of metal stuff and he sold me his uh, rap and hip hop collection and then amongst that when I went digging through it I found the the ten CD hey. and I th- put that to one side um, and it got left there for for a wee while. Um, and I kept meaning to take it back to him. And one man's forgot. trash is <laughs> another man's <laughs> trash. Yeah. And, and I, f- I forgot. Uh, and then one day I was going into the shower and it was it just, you know, my gaze fell upon it. And I thought, well, let's stick this on, see see what it's like. And just bang. That, uh, yeah. Just an epiphany, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just from the opening, you know, track, it just, just grabbed me and went for there i went to a friend's house that night for, for what we call an empty so his mum and dad were out his mum and dad were out so empty nest so so we went went there i took uh, two albums uh, that and uh, house of pain had just been nice. released um so took the you know said, you need to listen to these and put them on and uh, my two friends instantly were like, oh, Pearl Jam, amazing, you know, and uh, it's, uh, they've not, they're not as kind of, as heavily into it as me, but they, they still, still like the band, and Gary, my, my best friend, uh, he's coming down uh, to Hyde Park, we, we've, every time we went to see them, uh, Gary's been there, Craig mm. has missed a few, and he's not coming to this one, but, um, but that was it, I was like total, you know, if, if that sequence of events hadn't happened, then, you know, I maybe would have found them somewhere down the line, but um, just deciding that day to put the CD on, and there you go. What uh, are, you, are you? Go ahead, Jason. I was going to say what what you guys. So you found them around around the same time, and one was forced, one was by accident. But the same, you both found this album to be something that you could relate to, and yeah. I want to know what it was about because I can I've answered that question before. So is Paul. Um, I think we all kind of found the band at that time. I, I was a little bit younger. I was 10. Um, no, was I 10? Yes, I was 10, really 10 when I heard Jeremy on the radio and it just kind of <laughs> did something. Yep. So I want to know like, what did this album, what, maybe there's a specific song that, that kind of just made the light bulb, made the epiphany to your point go off. I, th- I think just the, the opening, just that opening, you know, the, 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 the master the, slave. The, yeah. Wow. Really interesting. Master slave. And because it, it, it kind of resonated with me because a lot a lot of hip hop has has you know is bass heavy so you've got that you know that mm-hmm. it was a kind of repeating bass line like a hip hop song and then just bang with get you know straight into you know and it just yeah it, it just grabbed me like, just the, the sound itself and then once Eddie you know kicked into gear and that raw voice aggression anger everything mm. coming through and I just you know it was literally you know it grabbed grabbed my ears grabbed my attention Martin yeah I, I guess mine would probably Porch was the one that grabbed me um, in terms of a song wise and then I think maybe not so much a kind of 10 when I'd have been sort of like 16 but then so the, the year or two after so at the time I was a what they call a YTS footballer, so it's now a scholar. So I was almost not looking to rebel against the conform. So obviously in the in the nineties when I was played like a, a lower level of, of professional football, everybody was R and B, everybody was into the middle of the road chart stuff. You all had your short back and sides. I had the long hair, you know, head hard to believe now, obviously, but long hair down past the <laughs> shoulders. You know, you bring back up the programs from nineteen ninety three and my favourite bands are Pearl Jam, the Levelers, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I was an outlier, you know, I would, cause I wasn't, I, I didn't, you know, shepherd, not a sheep as it were. And it was more of the fact that it, it was a, a place of belonging. 
you know, you could you could be who you wanted to be because they were quite unashamedly kind of vocal about their views. Yeah. And it didn't matter whether you agreed with them or you didn't agree with them. It was the fact they had them and they encouraged, for me, it was the case that it almost encouraged that you to think for yourself and you didn't, you know, have to follow the crowd. Yeah. And it was, and it was more of that, I'd have guessed, from, from my point of view. Uh, you guys mentioned the magazines. Uh, you yeah. guys been, been, been to shows. I mean, this Hyde Park show. Did you guys get this through the 10 Club? Are you guys members of the 10 Club? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. but I didn't get the tickets through them, no. Okay. How long have you guys been members? Uh, good. It's a good while. I've got most of the singles, so I think I'm only missing two or three, so... Yeah, so I was I was a member mid nineties and then stopped and then rejoined again, yeah, a couple of years or so ago, whenever it was. Um I don't quite know why I did stop. I d I don't know. Either back in the days where it didn't automatically renew like it does now, and then you just couldn't be bothered to, you know, go back through it or whatever. I can't remember why, but uh but yeah, so no, so me second time round, probably only two or three years actually now as as a member now. Those who are listening can't see what I see, but uh, Colin, you have quite an array of gorgeous posters behind you. Uh, would you consider one of those your favorite piece of Pearl Jam merchandise, or, or is there a little gem hidden somewhere else? Um, I, well, this is my favorite. You'll be able to see it. Well, hopefully be able to see it. Oh, is uh, it a live, live ring? Wow. It's the, the stick man. Stick man? Stick man, yeah. Um, it was... A Rangers football club ring, yeah. Um, which you can't really wear nowadays, like at work and things. Yeah, they like just that. won the uh, they just won the cup. Uh, no, ah, they, yep, they did. But um, I bought it when I was a bit younger and more foolish, shall we say? Um, <laughs> but so I, it was it was just lying in a drawer, and uh, I've got a friend who was in, I was in a band with who's a, a jeweler and you know does all that stuff. So I said, Can you turn that into a pearl jam ring for me? So he uh Was he a Celtic fan? Uh I don't know actually. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with great pleasure I will destroy the <laughs> So I, I got it made into that. So it's got the thistles on the side of it, um, which were there anyway. And uh, I got the the Rangers crest um, replaced with the uh, wow, the stick, that's, the stick a, that, man, so. that's a very unique heirloom you got there. One of the guys <laughs> for somebody one day. How about um, yourself, uh, Martin? No, nothing, nothing that good. Um, just the early, so the um, the early T-shirt. So the, the first show I went to, I think, was two thousand and seven. Bizarrely, even though I was into them since ninety one, but just couldn't get tickets. But mm. again, back in the day, and different ringing up or having to go into a vendor or somewhere to buy them and just not being able to get them. Um, so it would have been so that the first show is memorable because my wife couldn't come with me because she was pregnant with our first child. Mm. Okay. We just, we just come back from getting married in Vegas. So I got married in Vegas in the May and then, did you do it the show was... style? Because Colin's wife would be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we didn't actually. We were chapel of the little flowers, little chapel of flowers, one or the other, but stay in the Bellagio. And then it's, it's still there. We went back a, three, four years ago, still there at the bottom end of the bottom end of the strip. Mm. Um, but she was heavily pregnant. So it would have been kind of eight months, seven and a half, eight months pregnant, maybe. Um, so I went with a mate of mine. So it's that whole, so I've got the poster for that, but it's not, it's not up in here. Um, that's kind of kept away in a, in one of the holders like up in the loft t-shirt from that show it's that it's that type of, oh, i didn't have time to dig it out before because obviously i was i got my timings wrong for this um but yeah Honestly. so i don't have anything yeah i don't have anything anywhere near as impressive as colin that's for sure uh colin did you happen to grab like a shirt from your first show i i actually got a, a bootleg one um i never bought anything wow. that inside but when i came out there was guys oh selling. yeah uh, yeah, so it, was a, yeah. It, it was the binaural yeah. tour so it's the uh, pedal jam and the the uh, nebula crab eye ah, nebula yeah, or yeah. whatever it is on that yeah. and then on the back it's got the uh show dates uh, the, the show dates and stuff so uh, that was mm. the first uh bit of merchandise that i'd, I'd bought um but it was I've got a, a, a um a hooky one 
I've got the, I still have the shirt from the first show I went to. It was uh, in 98 at Hartford. And it's, it's this, it's red and it's ratty and the image is like fading on it. You know, it was like that, yeah. that, that monkey standing up with the machine gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's red and yellow. I still have it. Uh, but I only bring it out for very, very special occasions because I don't want it to fall apart. <laughs> I want to circle back to to mainly the 90s and early 2000s because, like you know, they did go to Europe many a time, right? I um, mean, some some of our most favorite um, bootlegs before official bootlegs came out were were you know Nottingham and Newcastle, um, to name a couple from '92 that just. That Newcastle show is one of my favorites. I mean, I think yeah. our lyric, I think our live cut of the week for Black was mm-hmm. was that show, and um, so you're talking about how it's it was difficult to to go like it's not like you know maybe Singapore or parts of Asia mm-hmm. where they don't come all that often, so you didn't have the chance. So hence the big gap between knowing liking the band and then seeing them live without being able to see them, but the, but them coming somewhat frequently. How did, did that frustrate you? How did that make you feel that you just couldn't manage to time it out? Um, all those times they came between when you when you first listened to them and when you're able to finally see them. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't so frustrated at the time because I just think it was you tried to get the tickets, you couldn't get tickets, and it was what it was. And then obviously, like I said, until you get into the internet age, you don't really know what it is you're missing. Mm. Um, but. I regret it massively now, like hugely now, because you're, because I, I, you don't you not that you won't get those days back. That's obvious. Again, it's been a topic, but the the, the long set lists are gone. You know, either either be it the age of the of the band or the COVID or the stuff that came out over Tyler Hawkins of, of you know the, the the taking him out of them physically for the length of the shows or yeah. you know the reasons why the you know it's now a couple of hours and twenty odd songs rather than the big you know. So I so I feel that I probably missed what would have been the peak, you know, the peak years of you know, my my favorite era is ninety five, ninety six. So like pissed off, angry, ticketmaster, Eddie. Like <laughs> hating the world, every every gig is angry, every gig is a little bit too fast and a little bit aggressive and you know, and then and then that and then probably I don't know, is it two thousand and six ish when they started doing the real long you know the triple nights. At the, is it the gorge? Yeah, that was two thousand five, um, right? So yeah, five, so, yeah. So they're probably the two my two favorite live eras. Um, but yeah, but not to have not to have seen them when what I now consider them to be my favorite era is yeah. You could go back in time. It's like yeah, I'd go to a as many ninety five, ninety six shows as I could. Mm. There's not enough of those, you know, we, we, no. we, we're always talking about the next vault show. Like, why is it not the no code tour? Why is it, yeah. you know, there is, there's a, a, a few really solid quality shows from 95, like Sacramento, Salt Lake City, uh, maybe even San Jose, but like some of those Asian shows, like I said, Singapore, Bangkok. Yeah. Just, I mean, that, that was a different level. And yeah. I don't know that we're ever going to get a proper quality boot of those mm. unfortunately colin what, what what do you what do you make of all that on not you know, that big gap of not being able to see them um i've never really thought about it until until now um, my, my biggest regret was not seeing them in uh, 92 at the cat house um mm. they'd uh it was just kind of 10 had just blew up big style um and there they were in this tiny venue in, in the heart of glasgow um so i'd I was listening to them, but I wasn't attuned to what was going on or, you know, where, where they were going to be, be performing. And then when you find out, you know, about a year later that they'd played, you know, in, in there uh, and through the, the group and the page, you know, but we've got a few people that were there and got the, you know, they've got the photographs with Eddie and Dave and, you know, that sort of stuff, talking to them outside yeah. the venue and, you know, would just have been immense. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I, it was a golden age for rap and hip hop as well. So there was a lot of touring bands coming through like to the, the Barrowlands. So, you know, I think seeing them probably kept me, you know, from thinking about seeing Pearl Jam. But yeah. the minute the minute that in two thousand, you know, when I seen that they were they were here, 
you know the tickets were were secured, and I've not missed them yet on these shows. So the um, um the Cat House set list February twenty third ninety two release even flow why go Jeremy deep alive black state eleven trust once porch and there's a note on livefootsteps.org about that particular show that says as a note there is an unsubstantiated report that the encore included leash and rocking in the free world or fucking up we however cannot confirm this by a secondary independent source but we'd like to mention it thanks to randy and john at live and four legs podcast our friends uh in the uk and robert miller for uncovering the set list how about that that's Robert, yeah. Rob, Rob's in the group. Um, he's pretty active in our group. Um, his daughter's diabetic, uh, like my son. Oh, there you go. Um, so, you know, that. Um, but yeah, he he, uh, he trots those pictures and uh, out with great uh, aplomb, and so he should. Nice. You know, uh, as, as he should, yes. Yeah. You know that, um, that there, so Rocking in the Free World, one of the other things that I distinctly remember was, you know, was it the MTV Awards? Oh yeah, versus where they did it was go or animal one of them and eddie's a little bit bloated and he's got the bottle of wine and the hairs you know he's a little bit disheveled isn't he and then they go into and he just says you know who this guy is and then obviously neil young walks out uh, and yeah, i remember yeah. and i remember watching it going no got no fucking idea who's that <laughs> like so what's so and again it wasn't until you can't google it like you know rocking the free world and so who yeah. did that and oh it's Neil Young again you're waiting as you're reading the newspapers or you're waiting for the magazine to come out and it's like yeah. and then it was oh that's that 60s guy and then it was like oh no hang on a minute oh no hang on a minute <laughs> and then and then like he's huge obviously I love I love him to death now and I've got all the Crosby stills and that, every, got everything but at the time you know 93, 94 whenever it was like, no I don't know who he is you thought it was a Pearl Jam song that this old <laughs> well, guy was going yeah, to have to hang out yeah. with yeah, <laughs> he's coming out just thinking, oh, this is off the new album. Which is, yeah, absolutely madness. That's great stuff. What is it about this band that you guys really love so much? Like, what, what, what is the, the big appeal of Pearl Jam to you? I mean, you, you, you're not natives of Seattle, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, th- th- this band, the worldwide, the worldwide appeal of Pearl Jam has always been something that's really fascinated Jason and I. And it's part of the reason why we enjoy kind of branching this community out and, and continuing to kind of have these fan forums of people around the world. But I'm curious because we get different answers. What is it about Pearl Jam that speaks to, to you so much? It'll be, for me, it's the longevity and the, the depth, if you like, of their music um, and the fact that they have evolved. So this might be sacrilege, but right now I probably don't have 10 in my top five and it, and it hasn't been in my top three in 10 or 12 years, 15 years. You know, right now it's either Avocado or Pearl Jam, whichever one was self-titled. Riot Act are the two, are my two favorite ones. Always love Yield. Um, always love No Code. Vitology was my favorite album from the, from the first three. Um, and that would sum up the appeal. Like I could argue with anybody over, well, no, this is a better album than this one. Apart mm. from, you know, back, Backspacer and Lightning Bolt, you can be the bottom two, right? That's great. And then anything from there, however many the numbers are, from one down to whatever those two are as the bottom two, I, any given day, it could be any of them. You know, I really love Gigaton. I think it's brilliant. You know, I don't know. I know a lot of people, you know, don't or whatever, but it's the, the evolution, the adding of a new, you know, Josh joining or a different Tory member or boom back in the day and just the layers, you know, think of how easy it would be just to trot out, you know, the formula and the hits and in inverted commas that made them so successful, you know, back in the, the early to mid nineties. And they've deliberately steered away from it and then still made phenomenal music that, that captures millions of people. Yeah. Well said. Colin? Yeah. I, it's it's the the connection, you know. The yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of another band, and I'm not involved in you know the the community of another band, you know. And there are probably other bands that that you know have the the same kind of appeal. Um, but the the just the, the connection to the music, the connection to the band, it just seems to go a bit further with Pearl Jam. You know, you you, you feel. You feel an affinity 
with them and and how you know the the messages that come across and the music the you know the it just it's it's hard to put in the words you know <laughs> um ultimately you know and just but ultimately you know it's they just bring a lot of people together naturally and and you feel when you're there and when they're there that you know you, you're there with them and they know that you're there and you know they they appreciate you know but the fans and you know what everything they do is for the fans you know it's it's not just for money it's not just for you know that message comes across and that feeling comes across and and you know that there's there's genuine love going in in both directions but colin you get the impression don't you that you know obviously we're going to high parks if you bumped into eddie in a coffee shop somewhere in london somewhere obscure and he's got a cap on and all the rest of it you 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 feel that he'd have no issue with you know can I can I buy you a coffee can I sit down yeah no problem I yeah. mean obviously that oh, yeah. in, re- yeah. in, in reality that that might not be the case and there might be I mean, but <laughs> but you get that impression that he'd have no issue with sitting down buying him a coffee and just chatting normally oh, how's your kids or I've just seen such and such on you know social media or you miss yeah. it. do you know what I mean the, yeah. you they're these worldwide megastars that are worth fortunes yeah. Yeah. But you get the feeling that they'd shake your hand and chat to you about everyday normal stuff and yeah. treat you like they would treat, you know, their best friend or a member of the family. You know, there's yeah. no that's that, that's that's the feeling yeah, I get from afar. Yeah, there's no ears and graces. You know, they, no. they're they're still very grounded. You know, and and you know the the, the good work that they do inspires a lot of people i mean you look you know what what we do is peril jam scotland last year we, we raised um pounds for diabetes uk wow. all in the name of peril jam and it's we're, we're nearly over 100k over the past uh six seven years so it's a tremendous accomplishment yeah but when you look at you know all the other like the wishlist foundation you know uh, given to live you know that they foster these, you know, and, and yeah. I don't see that with other bands. I don't see, you know, it might happen, but, you know, it's not as as apparent and as, you know, in your face as, you know, within our community that so many people want to do good because yeah. they're inspired by the band and, and, and what they do. I think there's a level of care and a follow-through that maybe, it's not unique to Pearl Jam per se, but it, it it feels sort of unique because things like, you know, adding a dollar to the ticket to Vitalogy Foundation, having so many different, um, um, I guess, tent poles within that world and giving back and the surf riders thing, whatever they're out in the West Coast, it's always about surf riders and keeping the, mm. um, you know, the Pacific coastline clean. And um, in 93, going down to Pensacola, Florida and playing a show in the name of the, you know, um, the, the doctor who was shot, the abortion doctor who was mm. shot. Um, and killed there's always been the vote for choice shows the the vote for change tour there's always there's always a follow-through with their music being a source to to bring people together to to make positive differences yeah and so colin what you're doing and what other organizations are doing is kind of just like an offshoot of that it's kind of like the next train car they're 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 the engine but like we're, we're we're hitching our wagon to this and, yeah. and trying to accomplish um, more things on a more local level than the band is. Um, but it's all in the name of what they do. It will. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Absolutely. And uh, I know the, uh, the timing was a little wonky. It always was going to be with CA, <laughs> our time difference, <laughs> but we're, we're happy yeah. to have you guys. Apologies again. Yeah. Apologies again for being, 25 minutes late. No, it's okay. And then late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were, you know, the three of us were talking earlier and we were like, you know, this is, we're going to have a, actually a couple other gentlemen on um, to really flesh this thing out and go like, you know, full three and a half yeah. hours, like a proper PJ <laughs> show. But, uh, <laughs> but we had to play, play a little jazz. And so when you popped on, I go, oh, great. Here we go. Let's just do it. But Let's I, just pivot. I wasn't, I, I wasn't sure I joined the right meeting. Cause when I came on, Colin, <laughs> Colin was mid. He was mid flow. Yeah. So obviously, when when you've got these zooms in it, the person who's talking is the one who's like face pops up on the screen, isn't it, with the stuff? Oh, and you um, had a speaker um, view too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm going, 
he doesn't, that's not the fellas with the podcast. That's not, the that's not Jason. And have I, like, is this, is this American Idol or have I joined like the, the Scottish <laughs> Idol? And I thought, well, I'll just hear it out for, for another kind of 20 seconds and see if I'm in the right place. And then it was like, if you had joined and then dropped out, yeah. like, okay, that's not for me. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's we like did that moment when David Letterman—that's for sure. When, when Eddie goes in, he starts singing black, and then he just yeah. walks off stage. Yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Doing? <laughs> Yeah, it. but it was yeah, it was good though, Colin. Very good. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, again, thanks, guys, and I can't wait to hear how Hyde Park was. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've always wanted to go to a, a show in Europe, and I I still maintain that the UK is Europe. I don't give a shit what anybody says. It's part, it's part of the it's part Absolutely. of the thing yeah you know well for me it's yeah for me the bucket list is to is to you know camper van it and follow them you know so if they're still going in however many years time that i might be able to get yeah. some time off work and afford it that's what that's what i'll be doing become one of these people that just follows around 10 12 shows or whatever nice we, we had the gentleman was it from uh tanzania is that where he's from no t- tasmania quite tasmania thank you. thank you yeah and uh he he did exactly that. He's seen over 30 plus shows and 58, uh, 58 unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. He had come, he had come to America last month or I guess two months ago. He only had two shows worth of tickets, but he was going to go to oh, the I lot. heard this. Him and his wife. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, yeah, the Australian round table. So yeah. he, he, he was a very nice guy too. We met him at the LA show. So yeah. Anyway. Well, one day we hope to meet you gentlemen at a show across the pond in the UK. But uh, until then, we can't thank you enough for uh, for coming on and, and sharing your great stories and uh, some acapella. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> happy to oblige. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thanks. And uh, if you want to review a Hyde Park, just, I'm sure we can provide it. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love that. Yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch, and next time it'll be a little later. In the, it's only 9 a.m. Usually I've got a weed ram in my hand as well. But. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that accent any good? Too polite. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers right. All right. So we, we played a little jazz. We are able to knock it out. UK fan form. And uh, maybe we'll do a second one when we get the other gents on at some point. We'll do a part two. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big area. There's plenty of people yeah, there. Yeah, it should be good. Um, but for now, let's get into our lyric of the week. <laughs> lyric of the week this week comes from Avocado, and it's Army Reserve. Paul, talk to me about Army Reserve. This first, first verse here. It, it, it's a tough set of lyrics. You know, we, I, I always think of that scene with Madeline Stowe in um, We Were Soldiers, where she's, she's kind of going around trying to let these, uh, these women know in, in uh, the 60s that their loved ones are not coming home from Vietnam. You know, this, just the, the, the look on, on that face of having to hear that news and, and dreading having that same knock on your door. I think there was a, a Woody Harrelson and, and uh, Ryan Gosling movie, the messenger, I think is what it was called. And they had, that was their job. They had to go around and, and let, let families know. And you never wanted that knock on the door. And uh, just inhabiting the shoes of that person, you know, having to stand there, just knowing that the ground beneath you is about to give way. And, and you're questioning whether or not you can, you can stand. And, and if you fall, it, you won't even feel the ground. It'll feel like an endless fall because that, that loss, that sense of loss is so tremendous and, and so, so poignant. Um, it, it's an unfathomable, tragic amount of pain. And uh, it's one that I don't ever want to feel, nor do I think anyone should have to feel. Um, and... I think that there's some, some beautiful imagery in this set of lyrics. 
And uh, it's just a, a level of sadness that it's really hard to connect to. And uh, I think the lyrics do a really fine job of elevating it in a way that makes it hard to relate to if you haven't been there. And I think that's an important piece to the puzzle and what makes them so, so impactful is that you, you, see, you visually can see it and it, it, there's, it, there's an embossed quality to them in that regard. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the rarer songs where Pearl Jam is, is quite direct, right? It's, it's yeah. you know, there's, it's, there's not really much any code here. It's just beautiful poetry. Um, and obviously, we all know what this was written about. And as America's stance of perpetually being at war, this song is sadly always applicable. Um, but the imagery, let's talk, talk about the imagery here. The the scene that too many family members, too many husbands and wives have had to endure uh, being separated from your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, and that just feeling so helpless. I think that's the key yeah. here is that is the helplessness, never knowing if you'll see them again. Yeah. And the longer the war goes on, I have to imagine it's kind of like waves. You know, you, you become kind of used to it and then you read something in the news and it becomes, you know, quote unquote, real again. And you're reminded of how fragile life is in this folding in darkness line. This man, the idea of, of being in like the fetal position, being so scared that you can't sleep, you know, in unemployable, there's that line scared alive that Ed sings. Yeah. Well, this should be like scared awake. You know, all, all you want to do is sleep so that you can kind of forget about reality for a minute, assuming you don't yeah. have a nightmare and you can't, um, but back to the top of the verse real quick, you know, how how long must she stand? Like how long must she be strong before everything in the world crumbles? Painting this picture with the concept of a never-ending fall. I mean, Jesus, I hope I never, as you said, have to uh, endure a feeling even remotely close to this. The, right. This this sudden death of a spouse from anything, um, you know, obviously war included, is just that's another level, and it's. It's such, you said it right. It's just a sadness that I don't know how people can tolerate. Um, and I think Ed and Damien Nichols did a really nice job on this track. And as we've said many times before, it's it's a very, very underrated one. It is. Uh, let's then go to, I'm very excited for this one, our live cut of the week. live cut of army reserve obviously got to go back to the 06 tour mm -hmm. where specifically paul san francisco my hometown i was at this show uh july 16th 2006 bill graham civic auditorium song's called army reserve
So this one, we did a show, I forget how long ago, of um, Rarely Played But Highly Desired. And we did it in in uh, eras, I guess you could say. I honestly don't remember which era we did. But I don't think it was this era. This song has been played 31 times total. Not enough. No. This one, and you can tell me better because you were there. You probably have a good memory of it. I think Mike is fantastic on this. He is. He really is. Oh the, the whole the whole opening to the song too. I mean, that, that for me is 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 the big trigger. You're you're listening to it, and then when that guitar kind of overlaps over the top, and, and sometimes those notes always don't hit the same way. You know, either his finger slips, or, or the guitar sound is just not quite as loud as the rhythm. But there there was something about that performance there where everything was just synced up beautifully. Mm. And hat, hat tip to the sound engineers and the mixers for really putting this together. It is an outstanding. Uh, production a lot of love, great value on this particular bootleg here uh but to your point yeah mike he's just he's he's brings this song to another level on this particular track and i think especially during the outro it's kind of an extended yeah. uh, outro where he it's not a solo per se but he's doing these lead lines and he's they're very heavily affected and for me it had a very like binaural no code a vibe to what he was yeah. playing and i love matt Matt was really grooving. He switches to the ride symbol at a certain point, and it just—I I don't know—it's different from the album, and from my memory at least. But it just stood out to me, and that whole maybe it was a kind of like the bell tolling kind of thing. I don't know what it was, but it—it it, it hit a certain way, and I really liked it. So, of the thirty-one times, I think this is a wise choice, and uh, I'm curious to see what you guys think and get your takes on this song. I mean, yeah, it's we know what it's about what what it's about, but. How does it relate to you? I mean, do you know anybody who's been to war? Do you know anybody, unfortunately, who's who's not come back from war? I'd, I'd love to know how this song affects you guys um, and, and this live cut specifically. That's the show this week. Like I said, we had to kind of uh, dance around. Uh, as it, it was the fan forum that wasn't, then was again. And was again. <laughs> and uh, by the way, PJ Scotland Fundraising Group, they're on Instagram. They're on uh, Twitter and Facebook, go check them out. They're doing a lot of good work. And, you know, Lost Dogs is a good band out of Scotland. And they're doing something called a Grunge Fest uh, on September 3rd. Let me pull it up real quick to get the right. Yeah, Grunge Fest 2022 uh, Charity Music Festival. It's going to be in Glasgow. So if you're in the UK, if you're in Scotland, go check that out. September 3rd for Grunge Fest. Um, one go. One last bit of housekeeping. Hey, we launched Patreon. It's a thing now. And we already have some people who've joined. That's fantastic. We thank you guys for that. So patrons, we appreciate you. I hope you're enjoying the content. It's going to be constantly added. Um, The first drop in the show episode is out. Um, We did a version of Animal from early, early on. Mm -hmm. Um, Excited, man. Really excited about the extra content. I hope that everybody who has joined enjoys it. Looking forward to to continuing to deepen our content community this way and uh for those of you who aren't on and and if it's something you'd like to check out definitely uh give it a whirl Uh, and in the meantime please remember to rate review and subscribe feed that algorithm feed it baby we need you gotta feed it you gotta feed it and uh all the every link for everything that we do including patreon is in the link in our bio on all of our social platforms so yeah get there if you want to get there and otherwise we'll be back next week to talk about who the hell knows what <laughs> as we're wont to do on this show, making it up as we go along. Uh, until then, you've been listening to the state of love and trust. <laughs>